sitting over here waiting for you to get started. Mm-hmm. And what if I told you we've been started for like five minutes now? Because I know you'd be lying. <laughs> we have, in fact, started, though. Yeah, but not five minutes ago. No, not five minutes ago. Like like ten seconds ago. Liar. <laughs> all lies. <laughs> Oops, all lies. <laughs> oh, darn, I lied again. <laughs> Hi, welcome what to the What is this that lounge. causes me to keep lying? Ooh, what do you have? Unfortunately, it's just a Pepsi Zero. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I have something other than a Pepsi Zero. Because I have decided to do something real stupid tonight and try to get drunk. I already drank six Dos Equis, one Bud Light Premium, and half that bottle of uh, Jim Bean Honey you bought me. Mm. Half the bottle? Oh, it was just a small one. bottle, though. Yeah, yeah it's just stout, though. It's, it's, good, it's strong, but oh, it's so good. So good. Oh, my gosh. Um, I got a couple of uh, things at the at the liquor store today. They were these little teeny tiny cans that look, they were about, I don't know. About half the, the size of a regular Coke can. Yeah, about that. And one was a Cosmopolitan and one was, I don't remember the other flavor, but they were 24% alcohol. And I didn't know what I was expecting when I drank them, but I did not expect what I got. <laughs> it's like, because Hello. I took, I drank one of them, and then I was like, oh my god, I'm feeling this already. Because it was, it was super strong. And then I drank the second one, and I was like, okay, I'm definitely feeling this one as well. So that's awesome. <laughs> and now um, I'm drinking a Smirnoff Ice. Well, there you go. <clears throat> Good stuff. I'm gonna I don't be know how much more tomorrow. I can drink because I ate so much. Mm. Let's talk about that. Oh, did our bacon, well, you did your bacon wrap stuffed jalapenos. Mm-hmm. Which are those are absolutely amazing. They they were they turned out really. Nor honestly, that's not my favorite meal. It's it's just not. It's something that you enjoy. I make them because you enjoy them. It's not something that I necessarily like to eat. But I tried them tonight. Holy shit! So good. I didn't get enough jalapeno things in there though because I'm not. It's not. It's not spicy. I got the jalapeno flavor, but I got like no spice at all out of it. I wonder if we could add something to it. Like, maybe I can get some, uh, I don't know, habaneros or something to add to your part of it. Maybe. Because I, I did the stuff in mine without the spiciness, and I enjoyed the, the taste, the flavor of the jalapeno without the spicy. Without the heat. Mm-hmm. But I bet I could add some, I bet I could add something to yours to make it spicier. Yeah, we could probably figure out something. Because they, they sell the habaneros at, uh, at Walmart, don't they? Yeah. Okay. Well, then you made two ginormous pots of vegetable stew. Oh yeah, which was really good. And you made cornbread. To I eat made some with cornbread to go with it. And that was so really good, good too. <laughs> then I've got a. What do you call that pie that's in the freezer that you made? Um, lemon pie, but it's like a four-ingredient lemon pie. Got like lemon juice. Then it's you've got lemon cool juice, whip, cream cheese. Condensed milk. And condensed milk. And vanilla. And vanilla. So five yeah. ingredients. Yeah. So good. You put it in the freezer and get it like nice and firm and then you, yeah. and you eat it. It's kind of fluffy. And it's so good. It's really good. And it's, uh, it's super easy to make, which is really nice. Because <clears throat> it ta- all, all it takes is just you just kind of throw everything. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've had carbonation and it's all coming up. Um, but anyway, you take the, the ingredients and you throw them all into a bowl and then you just beat them until they're smooth 
and then throw until them into they submit. A, yeah, until they submit, and then you um, throw them into a pie shell and put them in the freezer until they're nice and firm, and then put them in the refrigerator, and then you can eat it like that. It's really good. That's good stuff. Um, if you're wondering about the proportions, it's the small thing of Cool Whip, one can of condensed milk, one thing of cream cheese, and a half a cup, of, a little more than a half a cup of lemon juice, and then just kind of a splash of vanilla. And then you beat all that together, and then you put it in a pie shell, and you eat it. No, you love it. <laughs> you don't just eat it, you love it. You have to treat it right. So good. <laughs> so what are we talking about this week? Well, let's see. Uh, it's not anywhere close yet, but it's getting closer. And that's the MLB season. Mm-hmm. Got one more month. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, like, I can't wait for that. Because if, if there's one thing I enjoy, it is sitting on the couch with you and watching a game of some kind. Whether it's football or whether it's baseball or whatever it is. Because... It's, you know, it's fun to be taught new stuff about the game, and it's fun to see you get, like, really angry when your team's not winning. Well, I, I have more fun watching baseball than I do football. Because even though they cover about the same amount of time, you get more action in baseball than you do football. More games, anyway. You, no, during that time period of a game, you get more action in baseball than you do football. Maybe. No, you do. Maybe. You do. Maybe. I put a timer on that shit before. I think you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Your mom's wrong. <laughs> Probably. But that's that's the whole point um, behind all the statistics in baseball. It's because they have so much time to figure out the statistics because there's nothing going on in the field. In between plays and waiting for the pitcher to pitch. Although um, adding the pitch, adding the the uh, the pitch clock, clock on the pitch clock has kind of sped the games up a little bit. Yeah, really. The only people that complain. I mean, there's people that complain about it. Because some pitchers like to work slow. Mm-hmm. Some batters like to take their time. But then you have a lot of the players, like pitchers that like to work fast, and that didn't really bother them. Because mm-hmm. that was me. I worked fast unless I saw a guy that was like seemed like he was really antsy to get in a box to bat, mm-hmm. and he was like real, real jittery while he's up there moving around a lot. I just stand up there and look at him. You let him wear wear himself out. Just just to, no, just to piss him off, because when they're doing all that like moving around and shaking and all this shit, I'm just gonna stand up there and look at them. And they're eventually gonna get tired of shaking, and then they're gonna step out, <clears throat> and then the second they step back in, I'm pitching. Because mm-hmm. now they're not it, ready for you know, it. it. It fucks them up, man. Because they they've got it in their head that they do this certain thing so many times. And I've already got my pitch, and as soon as the guy steps in, I'm doing my windup, and I'm going. Mm-hmm. He better be ready. <laughs> well, I was watching something the other day, and I and I showed this to you. Um, a guy, I don't even remember which team it was, which guy it was, whatever. But he was running to first, and he interfered with the catch at first. That was McCormick for the Astros. Okay. So he, he as he's running toward first base, he puts his hand out and catches. No, he tries to knock the ball out of the – first baseman's glove as he was trying to catch it. Right, so he's interfering with first base. So the next time he's up at bat, the pitcher just rockets one directly into his kidney. He catches one right in the kidney at 99. I think he kind of deserved that, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But he was down. I mean, like, he was... 
he was down. <laughs> This wasn't a situation where he kind of shook it off no, or anything. You're no, not shaking down. off a kidney shot. That <laughs> shit fucking hurts. And at 99 miles an hour, you're... <laughs> oh, I was watching a thing about Nolan Ryan. Mm-hmm. And the thing where they did the actual... Like, the math on it, right? Because mm-hmm. at the time, he threw the fastest fastball there was back in late 80s or whatever. Right. When he hit, like, 101, mm-hmm. Right. But then they looked at it, see, that was back then, the radar gun picked it up closer to home plate. Mm-hmm. Now all the radar guns pick it up closer to the pitcher than it does the home plate. Right, so it's a little faster. So it's a little faster. So these guys that are throwing 101, 102, 103, oh my God. His fastest pitch, if it would have been measured at the same way today's are, it was 108.2. Shit. <laughs> Can you imagine taking one of those in the ribs? And they said, I was listening to some players, they are talking about how scary it was to bat off of him, not just because he threw hard, is that he had tendencies to where he would get a little wild. Mm-hmm. And that's why you'd see guys, when he'd throw that big breaking curveball starting at their head, they were bailing because they wouldn't. They didn't want to wait to find out which pitch it was. It was like I'm just going to move and just in case, <laughs> you know. I'm I'm going to have to look up um, if I'm if I'm telling you the number right. But I saw a picture the other day about Nolan Ryan, and it said something about how seven batters who faced him during their prime have kids that also faced him. No, what that were was, there were him. seven players in MLB history that got struck out by Nolan Ryan, mm-hmm. who also had sons that grew up to play baseball in the major leagues that were struck out by Nolan Ryan. Yeah, that's, that's the one I saw. That's how long that fucker played. If he doesn't go down as the greatest pitcher in the history of baseball, who else could possibly take that role? Like, who else could ta- possibly take that Sandy Koufax? Maybe. But how long was Sandy Koufax in MLB versus Nolan Ryan? Oh, I don't know. But one thing that hurts Nolan Ryan, now granted it's a team thing, he has no championships. I get that. I don't even think he had – now, I might be wrong. I'd have to look it up. But I'm pretty sure he's never even had, like, a postseason MVP award or anything like that. So he has not he, – he never even – okay, here's, a, here's the thing that will put a damper in your your things. There's something else I'm about 95% sure on. The pitching title every year, the biggest pitching award is the Cy Young. You mm-hmm. know how many he has? How many? Zero. Why? It's Nolan Ryan. Every year there's somebody that did better. Well, he, okay. was, he was better – for a longer period of time, but every year someone was just a little better than he was. He was that, that year. year, and then somebody else was the next year. Somebody else was the next year. Okay. Somebody else was the next year. I, I, I get that. I, I, I understand that. But you look at okay. For example, let's take the Cowboys in football. Who is the greatest coach that they've ever had? Had to be Jimmy Johnson. No, it's not Tom Landry. Tom Landry is considered the the most successful yeah. and 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 the best coach that the Cowboys have ever had. He coached them to 13 divisional titles, two Super Bowls. That's it. How many did they win? They won two Super Bowls and that's it. 
in 20 years that he was their coach. Jimmy Johnson has more, but I guarantee you nobody is going to put Jimmy Johnson over Tom Landry. He's just, Tom Landry was too good of a coach. But he may not really, have all you, of the awards, you can't make the but argument he was a better that coach. Brian was the best pitcher ever because he's never won the pitching title. Never. But, I mean, I understand that. Like, you, you, need, the, you need the hardware to show that you've... But really, can you honestly look at Nolan Ryan and be like, he's not the greatest pitcher of all time? He's the only one with seven no-hitters. I mean, and then look how long he played. That's like saying I, Tom Brady has the hardware. I get it. He's got seven rings or whatever. But can you look at Tom Brady, and let's say he hadn't won that many Super Bowls, but he was still Tom Brady? Would you look at him and be like, okay, he's not the greatest quarterback that's ever played? I mean, I, I think even without the hardware, greatness is greatness. What are you looking at? Okay, let's see. Because <clears throat> I was looking, Tom Landry, um, he took the Dallas Cowboys to 13 divisional titles and had, he went to five Super Bowls, but only won two of them. Um, and he's considered the greatest coach in Cowboys history even though he's got less hardware than, than Jimmy Johnson it's like right here like I just looked up greatest MLB pitchers of all time and they're doing the Major League Baseball's top 10 starting pitchers of all time and they're basing it off of dominance during five year peak postseason success career strikeout to walk ratio career ERA and career war mm-hmm. right First off the list, honorable mentions, Nolan Ryan. <laughs> Man, that sucks. I just, I don't understand how you he can He is look the at- all-time strikeout leader, seven no-hitters. But his his legacy is, like I was saying, is all about longevity. Mm-hmm. Career walk rate, he averaged almost five walks a game, which is horrible. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not great. What else has he got? Uh, he averaged nine and a half strikeouts a game. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. But when you think about baseball... Okay, we're going to go number 10. Bob Gibson. Mm-hmm. ERA, strikeouts per inning is about the same. His walks per inning is a lot less. Uh, number nine, Greg Maddox, mm-hmm. which I'm not surprised of because he probably has like a Golden Glove every year he played too. The dude, like of all the hitters he walked in his career, it's like every one of them that saw a three and zero count was because he was intentionally walked. Except for maybe like two two people. It was freaking insane, the, mm-hmm. the guy's accuracy. And he was the one that said they were asking him about what was it like pitching to uh, to uh, Barry Bonds. And he goes, oh, it was easy. And they're like, really? He goes, yeah. Because most of the time it didn't matter what the score was, how many guys were on, you usually just walked him. <laughs> <laughs> it was easier that way. And this is Greg Maddox. Yeah. So um, what, what stat was it that I heard about Greg Maddox the other day? Um. Anyway, obviously one of the greatest 
one one of the greatest pitchers of all time. We got Roger Clemens. Okay, I'm sure you've heard of him. I have. Clayton Kershaw until this last year in the postseason, he got lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, Sandy Koufax. Uh, yep, Pedro Martinez. I'd have put him up there. I can agree with that. Of course, Cy Young. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got the award named after him. Randy Johnson. Yes. And the bird. And Walter Johnson. You don't know don't, him. He I played a long time ago. Yeah. And this one's got the first one is Christy Matthewson. Played from 1900 to 1916. Is it fair? <laughs> is it fair to base it off of stuff from the early 1900s? I mean, the game was so totally different then. I don't know if that's a fair comparison. Well, like he had one year, this dude won 31 games with a 1.28 ERA. Which I think it was probably, to me, I think it would have been a little different to pitch against people back then. Because them fuckers didn't wear helmets. I know. So, you know, you didn't have these guys that were digging in like they are today and they're all completely covered up and got pads on this and pads on that and covering this and covering that and back then it was like you walked up with a bat in your hand and a baseball cap on you know well, i mean but that's the same thing you have to look at it like football you know the, these guys who played in the you know mid 1900 early 1900s mid 1900s they're playing a completely different game than what they than what they play now well that's why a lot of times with your rankings too like i, I could have looked at that on there too but it was mostly it has to do with you don't look at like all time best. You you compare modern era against the other earlier era. I think you're gonna have you know? to do it that way because it's a different game. It, it, yeah, it really is. I mean, you gotta look at the guy like just look at the different technology as far as the the bats and the balls go. Look at look at the difference in the ability to play when you've got somebody like. Who, who, was it Lou Gehrig that never missed a game? No, who Cal was Ripken. It? Cal Ripken that never missed a game. You, you're never going to have a guy that, that beats that record because they won't let them play in every single game because uh-uh. it's not good for you. Oh, I mean, you rest them. Yeah, you're you're never going to have anybody who beats the record that Cal Ripken set. It's just not possible. But for him anymore. to do that too, and and to be playing, I mean, you can kind of see that if somebody is a, I don't know. Maybe like a, an outfielder mm-hmm. or possibly first baseman. But not as a shortstop or a third baseman. You're, you're doing too much. You're, you're going to wear yourself That's out. That's a lot of chances to get hurt. The same thing as, as if you're a pitcher. That's, you're, you've got a lot of chances of hurting yourself. But that's, that's why um, <clears throat> this, guy, uh, this guy I know uh, wrote an article about um, the actual drug problem in um, Major League Baseball, it's not steroids. No. It's amphetamines. And they don't get them on amphetamines yet because the pitchers are all hopped up so that they can stay alert and stay quick. Oh, here's something I want you to look up when we have a chance. You may not have to do it right now because it's probably going to take some searching. Okay. But I need to search it to see if it's right or not. Mm-hmm. This guy was talking about how they were talking about new possible some new rules coming up in the nfl Mm -hmm. right and what they do is that he said one of them now this i don't know if i can believe this guy or not Mm -hmm. but he said one of them is they rank every player in every position Mm -hmm. like they take 
they rank every every player in the NFL that's a quarterback. They have them ranked from first to last. Okay. Running backs, first to last. Wide receivers. I mean, every position you think of, they have them all listed from best to last. Mm-hmm. And they and supposedly, now this sounds a little far-fetched. I don't know if it, I doubt it's true. But they said that the bottom 10% in each position will not be subject to drug testing. percent will not be subject to drug testing in the NFL let's see (laughs) so the guy might have just been blowing smoke up people's ass but that would be interesting (laughs) because it's like hey you guys over here y'all really suck so if y'all want to take some drugs a little steroid, something get a little better. Go ahead. Let's see. Drug policies. I, this is going to take some some search. So I'm not. I'm that, not that's why I was saying yeah. it would take some stuff to searching through for a while. It looks like they do not test for marijuana in the NFL, which honestly I don't think anybody should test for marijuana they because that's not a performance enhancing drug. drug. No, that is a performance decreasing drug, and if you can. If you can perform at an elite level while on marijuana, I say go for it. You know, do you remember during the... uh, um, Maybe they ought to give the top 10% marijuana. There you go. (laughs) But remember uh, when, uh, was it Sean White? Uh, He was a snowboarder during the Olympics. He, they took his medal away because he tested positive for marijuana. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Like, that makes him worse. <laughs> the fact that he was able to succeed and do better than everybody else while under the influence of marijuana. Dude, you should be giving him two medals. They're probably like, you know, because if he wasn't high, that those stunts that he did, if he had been clean and sober, there's no way anybody in their right mind would have tried that shit. <laughs> probably <laughs> That's the only reason he even tempted it because he was hiring shit. <laughs> speaking of speaking of stuff that nobody else can can try, you know that um, oh, fuck, what is her name? Um, I was completely lost her name. The gymnast. Um, I'm not. No, I'm not. Don't look it up. I'm gonna. No, no, don't, don't. I know what her name is, but I'm gonna see how long it takes you to remember it. It freaking like i can see her face and i can't a little short black girl (laughs) girl. simone biles there you go simone biles (laughs) so she um she does there are certain moves that she has invented that they will not let her perform at a competition because it's too dangerous for anybody else to try yeah they're afraid other people will try she's literally the only person in the world that can do these moves and they don't know how to score them and they don't want anybody else to try them and die doing them, so they won't let her perform these mo- these elite moves that she has invented, which I think is insanely unfair. Because I'm sorry, if you are the only person in the world that can do these moves, you should be allowed to do them at a competition. Yeah, absolutely. Because eventually, you're not going to be the only person that can do these moves. Yeah. Because this stuff always advances, and it it really sucks that she's literally the most decorated. Olympic medalist ever in history in any event. She's got more more medals and she's not allowed to perform to her capabilities. 
let her go crazy. I didn't know. Now, there's something else we'd have to look up. But I even I think I even heard once that, like, as far as, like, I think it's mostly the Winter Olympics that they had the shooting. Mm-hmm. That the women tend to score higher than the men do in, mm-hmm. in shooting and in archery. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they're segregated by sex is because back in the early 1900s, they were not segregated by sex. It's just women didn't compete in the shooting events. And then a woman came in and competed in the Olympics in the shooting events and beat all the men to the point where it was, like, not even close. And the men got mad. And so they segregated them by sex the next time they, they came out because they couldn't have women competing against men and beating them because it made the men feel bad. Oh, and poor baby. Same exact thing happened in figure skating because figure skating did not used to be segregated by sex until a woman came in, got second place in the Olympics, and it made the men mad. And so they made them segregate it by sex. Hmm. But, yep. <laughs> Poor babies. But, see, it, it's stuff like that, like shooting. Tell me what what man has a natural advantage in shooting. You know, because they, they, they like to talk about in sports, like men have a natural advantage over women. Okay, tell me how that applies in shooting. Tell me how that applies in chess. <laughs> like, why are we segregating these, these things by sex? Yeah, I don't know. Makes no sense. <laughs> Other than... Men don't like losing to women. That's that's 100% what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> it's probably the biggest part of it. Yeah, well, you know. But anyway. Ugh, I'm miserable. I ate way too much food. <laughs> it was so good, though. It was so good. Uh, um, there's so much politics that has happened this week, and I don't really want to talk about any of it. I don't either. Because it's horrible. It's horrible. I don't either. Let's move on to something else. I've got some... Am I the assholes? You want to well, get on that Well, road? let's talk about something else real quick because mm-hmm. we want people to keep their fingers crossed for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have mentioned before that we have been looking at a house. Um, well, we were looking at a house. It, it, it met a lot of... It checked off a lot of boxes in the houses that we were looking for. Yes. Something that we were looking for as far as rooms and shit like that. Uh, the Really, the only downfall to this place was the inaccessibility of it. And it's because not really... it was up on a hill. Mm-hmm. So, moving in, you, can't, you have no access really to it from the front of the house. Mm-mm. From the road. Uh, there's a road that goes back behind it. And it's like a 45 degree angle down the hill to get into one little flat spot before you get into the garage. Mm-hmm. And so the driveway was hell. The backyard was about the same. And the fence was in bad shape. But for the most part, that shit we could have worked around. And then uh, <coughs> last weekend, I was like, well... I know what kind of price range we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to look and see what all I can find online. And I did that before, you know, before Cricket here ever got up. And then when she did get up, I, I kind of held on to it for about an hour or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because in my mind, she had her heart set on this house. And I finally turned around and said, hey, can I talk to you about something? <laughs> She's like, "Uh uh-oh, what is it? And I said, are you completely dead set on this house 
or would you be willing to open up our options and possibly look at other houses? And it was a relief that you did. Yeah. Well, that you agreed with me. Yeah. And so we sat down. She goes, yeah, we can sit down and look some up. And then I kind of handed you a list. It's like, well, here, I already found something. <laughs> <laughs> and then we looked it up on the map, each one. We're like, okay, well, this one's too far out. This one's too far this way. This one's too far that way. Okay, this one's in a good area. So is this one. And we kind of went to different areas. Uh, and then we spent Sunday, I believe it was, uh, we got in the car and drove around town and was looking at some of these houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them we actually got to go inside. It had a, because uh, they, they had an open house for it. Two of them. Well, yeah. the one that we planned to go see. Right. And then the house next door to it was also having an open house. Uh, we went we went outside and looked. We went in it and looked at it. Now, this house met a... It, it checked off damn near every box <clears throat> except for one. And that was the kitchen. It was like they built this house. And, and you know, they sat around, talked about how good they did at the house. And then some dude finally said, uh guys what about the kitchen and they went oh shit and so they had to figure out a little spot to put the kitchen in Mm -hmm. that fucked up that whole house yeah that kitchen was not mm -mm. i mean other than that that house was badass i see i didn't like it i know you liked it but i I liked it i did not like that house i would not have been happy in that house well that's good yeah but then we saw a couple others we we drove by we're like hey we'd like to go in inside and see this one it has a nice yard to it whatever and then we got a we got with our real estate agent, and we got an appointment to go watch, go, go look at it on this past Wednesday. And holy shit, dudes! Oh th- my god, th- it's hundred percent it. I mean, this house has got like when you walk in the front door, you got your living room to the right, go through the living room to the back, then you got your dining room, then you got like a little breakfast nook next to the kitchen, and the kitchen's actually decent. It's not awesome, but it not is awesome, decent. But it's decent and it's definitely use wor- definitely workable. Yes. Okay. Then you can go down the stairs to the left. No, no let's, let's, let's let's back up. You go upstairs. Let's mm-hmm. go upstairs first. We'll go upstairs. Go upstairs first, and you've got your four bedrooms. Mm-hmm. You have well your three bedrooms and your master bedroom. So you got four bedrooms and two baths upstairs. Yes. Right? And the rooms are decent size. They, they really, really are. are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then you come back down those stairs and then down the other stairs. And then you get to... It's almost like a second living room type area back there. I would call it a second... Or maybe a den. Maybe like a den. It's a den. It's got a living room and it's got a den. Okay. Maybe like a den and right across the hallway is another bathroom. A full bathroom. Full bathroom. So we're thinking that one of our youngest is probably going to, if we get the house, that will be his room. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a door that leads to out to the backyard. Mm-hmm. But then if you go into the, the, the really large two, uh, two-car garage, there's another door. That when we were looking around outside, we didn't know this other area even exi- We weren't sure it existed. Mm-mm. Because we had seen the whole house, and we're like, okay, this is a nice size little house. We got and then the, yeah. we start going down the, the – the, and, and it's got – off the top floor, it's got a uh, – or off the mid floor, it's got a nice porch built off the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go down the stairs off this thing to the backyard, there's this door right there. 
mm-hmm. you look in and you see like look like a like a weight room and some other stuff going on in there and then and we couldn't get in because the door was locked like, shit you know but there's a glass door we could we could see it but we couldn't get in there and then that's when you and the real estate agent went walking off and next thing you know y'all come through that door and i'm like knocking on how'd you get in there <laughs> and it's through the bath through the door it's so through the door in the, in the in garage the, in the garage yeah and you walk down some stairs and there's yeah. Like, like a little room right there. It's it's a it's a room. It's got some built-in shelves. It's definitely a finished basement. Yeah. It's it's it, and it's not a big finished basement. It's a small finished basement, but it is finished. Right. And so you walk in there, and there's like a room that I don't know. It's maybe 15 feet long. Yeah. Maybe about maybe about uh, eight nine feet wide, 15 feet long, and then off to the left on this, there's like this little square room. It's about 10 by 10. Yeah. And it's a, it's a little workout room. And then there's a door, and you go in that door, and there's another 10 by 10 room that they've used as their media room. They've got, like, couches and a TV set up, and, like, the whole thing is just So, like basically, th- this house is listed as a four-bedroom, three-bath. A three-full-bath, yes. But technically, we could easily... This is like a six-bedroom and three-bath. Yeah, this is easily a six-bedroom house. Easily. And I am, like, super excited to get into it. So you guys need to cross your fingers for us because it's got a big-ass backyard. And it's got so much square footage in this house. Um, so, and there was probably some kind of weird break right there. I apologize. We're still talking about the house, but we had to take breaks. Yep. <laughs> anyway, we're back now. Um, <laughs> you don't even know how long we were gone. <laughs> No clue. Could have been two days for all you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I'm I am really hoping that we get this house. I am super psyched. Oh, that's for what it. we were saying last yeah. is that this could technically be a six bedroom. Yeah. And and in our price range and in the right neighborhood and in the right school district and in the right like everything is like it's like Every possible stars, and it's got a big backyard, huge backyard, for, especially for where it is. Yeah, it's, it's like in the city. I mean, it's in a neighborhood. And I want, I want to check something real quick. And it is twenty over twenty three hundred square feet. Yes, it is. Um, that what you're looking up? Yeah, at twenty three eighty four. And it's officially a four-bedroom, three-bath, but it's it could de- easily be, easily be qualified. Uh, and I found out why they only call that a four-bedroom, three-bath. Why? That in order for it to be considered a bedroom, you have to have a door to it. Uh-huh. It has to have at least one window, and it has to have a vent. Oh, okay. Okay. That's why that bottom floor medium room can't be considered a bedroom because it doesn't have a door out of it and it doesn't have a vent it doesn't well, it have a has a door to it but it doesn't have a vent or a window okay but you but it would be so easy to turn that into a bedroom oh yeah so easy but more than likely that room is going to be your game room yep and then the outside part of that is going to be like your office area for like all your pops and all your legos and figurines and everything else is going to go in there and the workout room is probably going to be a dedicated podcast setup 
because it's all right there together. Absolutely. It's perfect. We just had to figure out where to put the router because the house, it, it, okay, it's a two-story house, but it's technically a three-level three split level. Right. Yeah, three-story split level house with a basement. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like four stories. Uh, yeah, almost. Because you got the basement, and you go up the stairs, and that's where that one room is. And you go up the stairs, and that's where your kitchen and dining room and living room are. Then you go up the stairs for the four bedrooms. Mm-hmm. But they're not full staircases. Yeah. They're like half staircases because it's a split level instead of like a like a, a different story. So, but yeah, it's 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 quirky and a weird little house. And normally I would have gone for something like an open floor plan because I kind of am attracted to open floor plans. But I walked into this house and I was like, oh my god, this is the house. It's like everywhere you go, there's like a little bit more of the house. Yeah. There's just more and more of it. Which, I mean, it's funny because we went from that trailer, double-wide trailer we lived in in Texas to this little apartment. Now we're going to move to this place. Hopefully. Hopefully. And we don't have enough stuff for it. No, we don't. There's going to be some bare-ass looking rooms. There really are. we can have a room... I mean, we're going to have room for... Me to get a dog like I wanted. Mm-hmm. And we can also... Eventually going to get like a big ass fish tank. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, that that's a big yard and a big house. Um, we don't just have to have three dogs is all I'm saying. <laughs> yes, three is enough. I'm, I mean, I, I, I three understand... Three dogs, a cat, fish, a snake... I hear, Two parrots, that's I hear enough. what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, and yet I'm going to add to it that we need at least three more dogs. <laughs> I'm actually surprised you're saying that <laughs> because what I was expecting you to say is long as the HOA is not a, explicitly against it, that backyard is big enough for a mini cow. I was going to ease into that. Oh, is that what you were? Because <laughs> I could, it, it is. It, it is a big enough yard for a miniature cow. I mean, so. Hey, what do you call a cow that's rude? I don't know. Beef jerky. <laughs> Did you just come up with that? No, I saw it on TikTok. Well, okay. Not TikTok, but Instagram. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. <clears throat> <laughs> what else you got over there? Anything you want to talk about before we go into Am I the Asshole? Uh, let's see. I think I already talked last time. I've been watch- re-watching Game of Thrones again. Yeah. Still my favorite two scenes in that whole movie, this whole show, both have to deal with Arya Stark. Mm-hmm. One, when she trains with Brienne of Tarth. Yes. Because whenever Brienne kicked her down... And the way she popped up and looked, I was just like, oh, <laughs> that was scary. Yeah. And then the part where her and Gendry were talking, and Gendry tells her you shouldn't insult people that are larger, bigger than you. And then she goes, well, then I wouldn't be able to insult anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And I, I just have to point out, I know you haven't gotten to this part yet, but we've seen it, of course, in the past. But when Daenerys takes over... Westeros when she takes over the Red Keep and she gives that speech at the end. Remember when she walks up the stairs and the dragon is behind her with like the wings? You know, 
beautiful staging. Holy shit, I want to know who directed that episode because that was beautiful. When she's walking up the steps and the dragon's behind her, it makes it look like she's got the dragon wings coming from her. Yeah. Oh. But anyway, she goes out there and she delivers a monologue to the people that are standing in front of her. And she does it in um, she does it in English and she does it in Valerian. Amelia Clark did that scene in one take in two languages, one of which was made up, was a made up language. And she did it flawlessly in one fucking take. How do you know she did it flawlessly? As a made up language, you didn't know. She could have just been making gibberish sounds. She could, absolutely. But it didn't sound like she was making gibberish sounds, did it? It sounded like it was supposed to sound. It sounded like a language. And she delivered, and she, she did that whole thing just. Well, in my defense, though, is uh, usually when, uh, Queen Yum Yum was on the TV. I wasn't really paying attention to the words that were coming out of her mouth. Whew. But what what I like about what Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon has done with the Valerian language is if you watch Game of Thrones, the people who are speaking Valerian do it a certain way. But if you watch House of the Dragon, it's kind of like they learned from what it from watching Game of Thrones and how that sounds on screen. And they were able to take the language and make it sound more like a language in House of a Dragon. Well, I didn't even pick up on this. You're talking about the language part of it. Is that, uh, like, if someone from New York and Texas walk up to you and start talking to you, they're both speaking English. Mm -hmm. You can tell which one's from where. Yeah. Or even Boston, yeah. right? There was a scene there when they were talking, and this guy was saying words, but it didn't sound. The guy was kind of looking at him weird, and then somebody had, had so then somebody else started speaking in Valerian to the, like the interpreter kind of a person, mm-hmm. and says, "Sorry, his high Valerian is not very good." Yeah, he's speaking low Valerian. He speaks low Valerian. Yeah. So not only did they make up this. Valerian language for this show, they made up two dialects, mm-hmm. or is that what you yeah, would call yeah, it? Yeah, you'd call it a dialect. Of the same language for this show. Yeah. And that that and that's the kind of thing that like I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well if you if you look at like a, if you go over to, to Great Britain, I don't know how much Cockney is spoken over there now. I know it was real. It used to be real big. I don't know how big it is now, but it's a dialect of English, British English. You can't freaking understand it unless you know what they're saying. And I know that sounds silly. Of course, if you know what they're saying, of course you know. But you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Somebody speaking Cockney is. They're speaking the same language and they're using the same words, but they're using them so differently that unless you know what the meaning of those words are, you have no fucking clue what they're saying. At all. Even though they're still speaking English and using English words. So I, I understand how there could be a difference between like high Valerian and low Valerian. But it's just awesome that they like threw that that detail in there. You know, that's that's, that's neat. Because I remember, I, I didn't see the part where they said his high Valerian is, is bad. But I did see on the subtitles when he was speaking, it said speaking low Valerian. Yeah. In, on the subtitles. Yeah. To, to let you know that he was speaking something different than what these other guys are, are saying. But I like, but if you, if you listen to when they're speaking Valerian and House of the Dragon, 
they're speaking it like somebody who has just learned a language where you separate each word as you're saying it to make sure you're very accurate in what you're saying. But in House of the Dragon, they slur between words, which is how a native speaker is going to speak it. Right. You slur the language. I, I, I understand that makes me a total dork, but I like stuff, little details like that. Because listening to Damon and Rhaenyra speak Valyrian is different than listening to Daenerys speak Valyrian. And I don't know if maybe it's because she... All her people were dead yeah. when she learned how to speak that language. So maybe she was learning it in such a way that it was a little different than her ancestors learned it. Yeah. I'm just ready for the next season, House of Dragon. It's coming out in August. That was July. Late July, early August. Oh, okay. They weren't 100% sure. Yeah, I can't wait. Cannot wait. In fact, if you wanted to sit there and, and watch it again all the way through, like I'd be, <laughs> we could do that tonight for all I care. That's a good show. <laughs> God, it's such a good show. Such a good show. And they, I, I enjoy the direction on that show because they do a lot without telling you. They show you more than they tell you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. And just the fact that they, they've got some scenes that are complete, like nobody says a word within the scene. But they do so much to move the story along within the scene without saying a word. Still the best scene of House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, all of it. Was Damon and the Crab King. Episode 3, man. Last that 10 was, minutes of that episode. That was Whew! so fucking powerful. And he never... That, that, that was another Spoke one. a fucking word. Never said a word that whole scene. Never once. But said so much without speaking. And it, you know the scene where he meets his wife and he ends up, you know, offing her? He never says a word during that scene, scene either. I don't know if you were paying attention to that or not. She's talking to him steady, just steady talking to him. He never says a word back to her. Never, not once. And it, it's just like it gives me chills thinking about it because what the actor is able to convey and what the director is able to convey about what's going on in that scene just <clears throat> gets me. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, with Game of Thrones, the main reason I went back and rewatched it again was probably just because of Arya. Mm-hmm. Her character just went through so many changes and different mm-hmm. things. She, she honestly, she probably does have the best character arc of the entire series. And, and that's saying something because they all have some hellacious character arcs. Except for Jon Snow, he really is kind of the same person he was when he started Yeah. versus when he, be- when he ended. He was kind of the same... Well, so was Tyrion, but he was he was the same, but he was still different. They, the last two seasons ruined Tyrion. It, it just breaks my heart because he was such a great character, and they just wasted him. I still liked his character, but Arya is still by far my favorite character. Yeah, I mean, just to, like even like <clears throat> that scene when she was with the Hound, and they caught it up to this guy or whatever that said he was going to rape her. And he's like, well, well, are you going to go ahead and kill him? I'm sure he's on your list. She, and just deadpan face is like, he can't be on my list. I don't know his name. And how it goes, well, what is your name? And he says, and she just says, 
thank you. And it and stabs him and kills it right in the right in the fucking throat. I'm just like, damn, she cold. <laughs> well, and when she the whole shit with a uh, little finger, mm-hmm. that was cool as hell too. Yeah, it was. Talking about her being cold, the scene where the hound is hurt and he knows he's gonna die, and she's standing there, you know, five feet away from him. And he's talking to her and talking to her and talking to her. She never says a word. He, she's just watching him. And he's laying there. And then he he finally, he says, okay, I'm ready. Go ahead and do it. You know, telling her to go ahead and stab him in the chest and just put him out of his misery. And she just stares at him. Never moves. And he says, well, come on. Go ahead and do it. She just stares at him. Never moves. And then he realizes, oh, fuck. She's not going to, she's not going to put me out of my misery. I'm going to have to, like, suffer here until I just expire. Come on, come on, do it, do it. You know, and he's like begging her to just get it over with. And she just stares at him, never moves. And then she walks over to him and he's like, okay, now it's happening. Now she's going to do it. She reaches over, grabs his coin purse, and then just walks off. Well, that's like whatever, because they they talk about that too. Whenever he, in season eight, when they all get back to Winterfell, and he sees her, and he's like, you left me for dead. She goes, yeah, but I robbed you first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it makes you wonder kind of when did Arya become this little sociopath? I don't know if she was when she was just living at, at, uh, at Winterfell with, you know, with her dad. Like, I don't know if she was that little sociopath then, but I wonder if watching her dad get murdered by Joffrey, like, did that, like, crack something in her where she's like, oh, fuck these people, you know? Well, she was always different, because remember she said that even, like, when she started practicing <coughs> with the bow mm-hmm. that Bran had left laying out, she said, I knew it was against the rules, but it wasn't that what I was doing was wrong. The rules were wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, because <laughs> she talked about when she finally hit a bullseye, uh, Ned Stark was up watching her, and she didn't know it and started clapping. So the thing about it's not that I was breaking a rule; it's the rule was wrong. I don't know if that's so much a sociopath thing, as much as it's a lot of people who have ADHD kind of have that way. Like I'll follow your rules. Like I have no problem following your rules. As long as they make sense. As long as they're not stupid. Yeah. Now, if, if it's a stupid rule, or if it's a rule you can't justify, fuck you, I'm not following it. But as long as the rule makes sense, then I'm cool with it. Yeah. So I can understand why she would be that way, because there's there's no good reason to have the rule why a girl can't use a bow. Like, there's, there's no good reason. Right. I don't know if that's what makes her a sociopath, though. No, I didn't say it did. I'm just saying it's just she was always somewhat different. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was somewhat different anyway because she was never happy just being a girl, just doing her needlepoint and learning how to fix fires and have babies and do all this other stuff that her mom expected her to do. Like, that was never Arya. Right. She was wildly different from Sansa. Sansa was happy fulfilling this female role, and Arya never was. It makes you wonder if Arya was born now, like, what would her life look like? Would she still be a girl would she be one of those people like Brienne of Tarth who was like you know screw your gender roles I'm just gonna become a knight anyway right you know 
I don't know. It would, it would, it's just interesting to think about. <laughs> you watch that show though; it, it, it can it can strike up a lot of neat conversations about stuff that went on during the show. You know? Heck yeah. Well, I, aside from the last season, it was a solid show. <clears throat> there are a lot of people really angry at those guys for ruining the last season, though. Yeah. And Aren't I, we supposed to get a continuation on Jon Snow as well? Yes. So we're going to get a Jon Snow uh, TV series. We're supposed to. It's going to take place after... After Game of Thrones. Yeah, after GOT. Yes. Uh, it's going to be Jon Snow on the other side of the wall. Kind of dealing with the wildlings and what's left over of the ice army and stuff like that. There shouldn't be anything left over. I mean, we think that. <laughs> we assume that. We don't know what's north of the wall. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of a... a that's, that's an unknown quantity. See, but fuck that. I don't give a shit about that. Give me the continuation of the Arya story. Yes. Like where she said, well, where are you going to go? I want to go see what's west of Westeros. Yeah. And I want to follow her. Yeah. Let me, let me know, let me know more about her. That's the character that intrigues me the most. Yes. And, and I want to see, I want to see what Sansa did in the North. Cause she's the queen of the North. The first ever female ruler of the North. Yeah. And this is after the Seven Kingdoms have basically fallen apart. You've got the North, you've got Westeros, you've got Dorne, you've got all these different places. Instead of the Seven Kingdoms coming together under one ruler in Westeros, it looks it the the way it's looking at the end of Game of Thrones. These places have broken apart into their own little separate. No, because remember they they all they selected Bran to be the king of the Seven Kingdoms. I don't think it's the Seven Kingdoms in the way that it was before, or they wouldn't have a Queen of the North. Or, no, they, there was, it wasn't going to be Seven Kingdoms. Oh, they were making a different area, also a kingdom. So there's still going to be seven. The North was going to be on its own. And then Bran was selected to be the king. And they said they were getting rid of birthright lineage. That whenever a king died... The remaining kingdoms would come together and choose a new king. In a more democratic type. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but wasn't the implication that Bran was never going to die, though? That he was like an immortal being at this point? Which was such a stupid way to end the series. He should have he remained the Three-Eyed Raven because that was more interesting for him than becoming the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to do that. It would have been better to have Tyrion on the throne. <laughs> right? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and he would sit down, and the first thing he would say as a king would be, if my father could see me now. Mm-hmm. But he can't, because you shot him in the chest with a crossbow while he was taking a shit. <laughs> <coughs> and no man deserved it more. <coughs> It is going to be warm this week. Holy crap. So I've got some Am I the Assholes. Are you ready for it? Oh, look, one other thing. I think I want to get you off on a little tangent first. Oh, Lord. Why are you setting a soapbox up in front of me? Don't do that. You know our listeners don't want to hear me rant. Sure they do. <laughs> and I think you're going to be all in for it oh, when I mention it. Jesus. What do you want? The Beyonce country song. Oh, I love the Beyonce country song. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she came out with a song called Texas Hold'em. And it slaps. Oh my God. It's so good. Like when I heard it, 
Like the first time I heard the song, because you know, like when you do songs like that, clips always come out with people doing dance moves to it on TikTok and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the chick with the uh, all the tattoos mm-hmm. that put out the TikTok that was in New York was like, oh my god, look! She was up on the mm-hmm. the big thing in in Times Square. Was her in her uh, Jesse mm-hmm. outfit from Toy Story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was doing a little dance to it. I was like, huh. I watched it like once or a hundred times. Well, I'm not gonna tell you how many times <laughs> I've watched some of these cowboys. Um, dancing to the song because <laughs> those are some thirst traps and a half is what I'm talking <laughs> about. And, I, and I'm not talking cowboys like these are guys that just went down to uh, Cavenders and bought themselves some boots and a pearl snap. I'm talking cowboys that actually look like fucking cowboys. Yeah. They've got boots that, that have been broken in that they have worn every single day and they've got those distressed jeans that cowboys wear and that, you know, with the, with the, the fringe on the bottom because it drags at the back of your boot because that's how you wear your boots and they're wearing... Uh, a freaking uh, tank top, you know, the undershirt, wearing either a tank top or just like a t-shirt and a cowboy hat. That's how you, that's how you dress when you're a real cowboy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, those, these guys are not posers. They, they didn't. They don't sound like a cowboy. They sound like a ranch hand. Uh, you know what? I, I, I will accept that. That is, that is yes, that is a good description. But just somebody that actually gets up at 5 a.m. to feed cows and horses. Yeah. You know, like the, this guy, this, this guy's... He's cowboy. He's a he's a ranch hand. He's a he's a farmer. He's a whatever. But they're doing the dances to the song. But um, yeah, so many people are so angry that Beyonce has dared to step her foot into country music. <laughs> I said I had no clue that was Beyonce. Yeah, it sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a good I like song. it. I had no idea. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have never have guessed her. Never. Well, she is a fantastic. Just in terms of like her music. She's a fantastic singer. I don't know if you've ever heard her just like straight up sing as opposed to do some of the rapping that she does on, on, on her songs and stuff. But she is a phenomenal singer. It grew up in Texas, so this is part of her past. You know, country music is what she grew up on. And uh, But holy shit, white people are mad. <laughs> They're so mad. Because um, the sheriff is near. <laughs> What it is. Um, John Schneider, who played Bo Duke on the Dukes of Hazard, is it? Yeah. yeah, it was Bo Duke. Um, came. He was on OAN the other day and said something about how Beyonce making a country song was like a dog peeing on their tree. And I'm like, first off, whose tree? And second of all, did you just call a black woman a dog? Sound like it. Like maybe don't do that. That's not cool. And uh, I've, well, you got to think the show that he was on it made him popular. Of all the seasons and all the shows, there was every only one black guy on that show, and he was a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yelp. I used to like John Schneider. I had a big crush on him when I was a kid, but it sucks oh, that he turned out to be. Did. He was this yeah. little cute blonde hitter guy. Yeah. Well, it sucks. It sucks when your heroes turn out to be bigots. But there you go. But not to go too deep into it, um, as is the case with most, not all, but most musical genres, black people invented country, so it is hilarious when white people try to keep them out of it. Yeah. It's like, do you not know where this came from? <laughs> you know, I realize that Elvis stole R&B, 
from black people. Um, you know, all kinds of stuff was stolen. And uh, then white people like to pretend it's theirs. Country music isn't ours. It belongs to everyone, not just white people. You know, like the camp town ladies. Like the camp town races. <laughs> I do dar. I do dar. <laughs> You know, somebody was saying the other day that they didn't think that Blazing Saddles... Oh, you know, this is something you hear a lot. Well, Blazing Saddles couldn't be made today. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think maybe if you tweaked a little bit of it, you could make it today. Because at its heart, Blazing Saddles is a satire about how people react to racism. I know, but it, it, it caught me off guard when I saw it on Netflix or whatever. I don't remember which streaming device it was. I don't know if it was Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or which one, but I saw that on there, and it actually it caught me off guard that it was on there. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you could get away with the number of times they say the N-word in that movie. I think you would have to, like, take that out. But considering the fact it's a satire about racism, Tropic Thunder was made in, what, 2000, 2005, 2010? Oh. And it's got Robert Downey Jr. fully in blackface. I mean, I think you can make Blazing Saddles today if you did it right. But the problem is people would watch it and completely miss the point like they do with Fight Club or like they do with um, Joker or like they do with all of these other social satires that are supposed to show you this is a bad thing. Don't do this. And then people will watch it and be like, oh, man, that looks awesome. Let's do that. No, that you're like you're completely missing the point of the movie. Like don't like, don't do this. We're saying don't. This is bad. <laughs> I mean, how many people? How many edge lords like to call themselves Tyler Durden? It's like do do you understand he was the bad guy in the movie? Like he was not. <laughs> like he was not the person you're supposed to model yourself after. <laughs> sure, he was. <laughs> anyway, okay, moving on. I got you in your soapbox. I, I was successful. Mm -hmm, you did. And you know that that takes me forever to get back down off of it. I know. So I don't know why you do this to our listeners. Nobody wants to hear me rant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got some Am I the Assholes? And some of them are pretty good. Can't do a lot. We're already at an hour. Right. None of them are awesome, but some of them are pretty good. Okay. Would I be the asshole? If I divorced my husband because he's homophobic. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to say no because apparently there's some issues between them. And to me that sounds like a marriage that's not going to last anyway. If she's even asking the question. <laughs> it's not going to last. <coughs> Cut ties and go. We have three kids, and our eldest is gay. I have always known that our son was different. <coughs> I thought my husband knew, too, because he and our son are really close. Most of my friends have told me their children have become a little bit distant when they hit puberty, but not our son. Just a few weeks ago, they were playing basketball and playing chess basically every day and talking with each other nonstop. Everything was great until my son came out to him. It went very well when he came out to me, so my son thought the same, uh, thought his father would have the same reaction, and I thought so as well. But after he came out to him, my husband came back alone. I asked him, how did it go? He said, did you know? 
I couldn't believe the look he gave me. He looked very angry and just went to his office without saying anything. I called my son and he was crying and he started to apologize to me about everything. I was angry, but instead of yelling at my husband, I just went to get him. When I found him, I really felt like crying. His eyes were red and he looked very sad. I've never seen him cry, so my heart felt like he was being squeezed and I said, and he said he was sorry. I kept driving for a while and then we went to eat pizza. Now my kids and I are staying with my father and I'm thinking I should get a divorce, but it's not going to be easy at all. My son is definitely going to blame himself for this. He already has. And I heard all sorts of horror stories about divorce. My son told me we should go back and he can stay with my father. But I'm really starting to hate my husband for this. Why would he do this to me? Even if I decide to stay with him, I'm not sure our relationship is ever going to recover from this. If he truly loved our son, why would he react like this? Or did he react like this because he loves him too much and created unrealistic expectations of our son in his head? I was looking at some subreddits here, and it seems like these sort of things can end up ruining whole families, so I'm very hesitant to do something that I might regret later. Am I the asshole? <clears throat> I, I just think that's a relationship that's not going to last anyway. So, like you said, if she's already second-guessing it, per, I just, I don't know. I don't think they should stay together. To me, it seems like she had this conversation with her husband and then went straight to Reddit to write the to write the, the, the request to find out if she was being an asshole about this. And to me, I think that is a premature step to even consider taking before you get everybody into therapy or before you get everybody in front of somebody that can kind of help you talk it out. Because dad obviously has a really good relationship with son. And if dad has a really good relationship with the son he thought he had. I agree. And perhaps dad needs somebody to ask him, why would you think differently about your son today versus how you thought of him yesterday? Because he is the same person yesterday he was today. He's literally the same person. You just know a new piece of information about him but that changes literally nothing about what he was before you knew so maybe he just needs somebody to ask him that and so he can kind of start thinking about that because this is in some families coming out is that'll that'll turn the whole world upside down yeah and i think maybe you have to give dad a minute to get used to it before you just go straight to giving him back the ring now, if six months from now, he's not any different and he's still acting like an asshole, maybe then you consider it. Yeah. I guess give him a chance to let the shock wear off. Because, <clears throat> I mean, I, I know and from personal experience with one of our kids that had a something that he had to tell us about. You told me that he was scared to tell me because he didn't know how I would react. He wasn't scared. He just... Or very cautious about wanting to tell me. Cautious is a better word. Yeah. He he didn't think you were going to reject him. He just wasn't sure what the reaction was going to be and didn't know how to prepare himself. Right. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this 
What's, what's going to be really funny is when our kid goes to write his college essay, because you're supposed to write something about how, like, something that you've struggled with and something you've overcome in life. He doesn't even have that to tell. All like, right. he doesn't even have a coming out story that he can tell to get, like, some sympathy and some sob stories. <laughs> it, was, it was like, coming out was easy. <laughs> My parents were such assholes. <laughs> they accepted me and loved me immediately. <laughs> right? How am I going to, like, write about this now? <laughs> Why couldn't you have made my life more difficult? <laughs> I actually, he texted me on Friday and wanted me to come get him at noon to take him home. And and he texted me two or three times before I saw it. And he was a little bit upset that I hadn't answered him immediately. And uh, I, I finally told him, I was like, look, I said, kid, I said, honestly, I'm actually a little bit thrilled that our relationship is such that you know, for the most part, I'll drop whatever I'm doing to come take care of you. Like, I'm, I'm glad that you think that of me. Because I want you to know that as your mother, for the most part, when you ask me to do something for you, I'm going to drop everything I'm doing and go do that thing for you. Now, said, this but, whole picking him up early from well, school shit's got to stop. Well, I, I, told him, I told him Friday, I was like, look, I said, I'm glad that we have that relationship that you think that that's what I'm going to do. Because I will. I said, but I can't, I can't today. I, I don't have the money to drive back. I don't have the gas to drive back and forth from school. I don't have the time at work that I can take off. I said, I can't come pick you up anymore from school. I just can't do it. I said, so, you, so we're going to have to come up with a way that you can make it all the way through the school. I said, I understand you don't want to be there. And if it was up to me, you wouldn't be there. Said, but realistically, you, you got, you got to stay got to be there. You got to be there. But it makes me feel good as a mom that he knows. He knows that you're a sucker. He knows that I would move heaven and earth for him. And let you either let him stay home or go get him early. I don't want him to be unhappy. He needs to quit that bullshit. Well, he knows He knows now that I just, like, he can text me, but I just, I, I can't leave work. I just can't do it. It's costing too much in gas, and I just don't have the time. Uh, he'll ask, he'll message me, can you come get me? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and all I get is, okay. <laughs> he knows I'm kind of more of a soft touch than you. <laughs> Am he knows I? you more of a sucker. <laughs> You call it what you want. Sucker. You call it what you want. Sucker. <laughs> Am I the asshole? Yep. For pun- for not punishing my son for hitting girls who were attacking him. Uh, n- no. If the girls are attacking him, he better start beating some girl ass. <laughs> <laughs> my son is 14 years old and in the eighth grade. He's a great kid, super well-behaved, gets good grades, does his chores, and is involved in several extracurricular activities in school. Yesterday, my wife and I got a call from his school that he was suspended for getting into a fight and that one of us needed to come get him. So I went to grab him as I was more easily able to leave work for the day, and when I got there, the principal showed me the footage of what had happened. Three girls had been throwing food at one of the boys at the table my son and his friends were sitting at for lunch. My son and a few of... My son, after a few minutes of this happening, turned around and started to yell at the girls to get them to stop. 
The girls kept doing it until my son threw an empty milk carton at them and got some milk to splash on them. This made the girls come up to the table and get into a screaming match with my son until one of the girls started slapping my son. He then pushed her somewhat hard and she fell backwards. This made the other girls start hitting him, and after a couple of moments, my son started punching the girls. Hell yeah. Took a, the fuck out. <laughs> took about 15 seconds of commotion before the fight was broken up by the vice principal and they were separated. I think the vice principal should have noticed the food throwing and screaming before it ever got to that point, but that's neither here nor there. My son had several large scratches on his face, and I was informed he had busted one of the girl's lips. Hell yeah. I was told, I was told that my son would be suspended for the next school week, and so I took him to McDonald's and then home. I told him he wasn't in trouble, as he is not the one to start the altercation, but he really needs to be mindful of stuff like this, as it can show up on a school record. He understood, said he was just so angry as these girls had been picking on the boy sitting with them for all of middle school, and he'd had enough. When my wife got home, I explained to her the situation, and she was livid that my son was in his room playing video games and not being punished. I told her I'm not going to punish my son for sticking up for a child being bullied and defending himself when attacked. Exactly. Her response was that he shouldn't lay his hands on girls no matter what, and he should have just run away. She went in his room and yelled at him and, and went to take his PlayStation away when I stepped in to stop her. I told her she needs to calm down and we need to talk this through before she makes any unilateral punishment decisions. <clears throat> she is insistent that he be punished for the whole week that he is suspended, and I disagree, and I think the suspension is punishment enough, as when he gets back to school, he's going to have a massive amount of schoolwork to catch up on. He's never so much gotten a detention in his entire life, and he's a good kid. I'm not going to punish him for an incident that was a one-off that he didn't even initiate. She's mad at me for letting him off the hook on this one thing and said I'm raising him to be a woman beater, which is just flat-out ridiculous. I asked her if she'd still want to punish him if there were three boys ganging up on him, and she said yes, but not as harshly as he should be for fighting back with girls. I refuse to let him be punished and have even stated to her that this is why our son trusts me more and comes to me with his problems, because even though he's well-behaved, she wants to jump down his throat for every little mishap he makes. That kid did not need to be punished. It did not need to be punished. And I think maybe we need to figure out why Mom is reacting so badly. I wonder if she was... Like, maybe she's got some trauma from the past that's causing her to react that way. Quite possibly. Maybe something that that's what she needs to or deal with because as a she's professional. A woman. You know what? I have some trauma with regards to you, and I'm about to uh, take out my trauma on you. Yeah, because you're a woman. I was going to say, you better, you better cover that up because I'm about to come hit it. <laughs> I ain't stupid. <laughs> But yeah, he, he definitely should not be punished on that. Absolutely not. He didn't initiate it. And I, I would want to know, my first question to that principal is what's going to happen to those girls that assaulted my son? Yep. Because every damn one of them better be suspended too. you damn straight. I bet you none of them were. Probably not. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> would I be the asshole for asking my husband... If he's cheating, after he secretly bought lingerie, that was too small for me. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Buying lingerie that is too small for her. Uh-huh. Well, see, that could be... Oh. See, that's what's dangerous about buying your wife clothes because if you fuck up and buy them too big that's a whole different fight uh-huh <laughs> oh you think i'm that fat motherfucker 
And then if you buy them too small, it's like, are you just trying to remind me that I'm not as little as I used to be? You know I can't wear that size no more. I, 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 you know, it, it bothers me that in your head women sound like that. <laughs> Some do. I don't, and you mock me all oh, the time oh, using quit, that voice. Hashtag all women. Oh, my God. I said women. I didn't say all women. You're getting all defensive, so apparently you think I'm talking to you. You know, if the shoe fits and it's the right size because your husband didn't buy it for you. (laughs) (sighs) I'm trying to figure out if there's a reasonable explanation behind this because I can't believe he would cheat on me. My husband and I have been married for years, raised two beautiful children. He's always been loving, romantic, affectionate, perfect husband. I've never had any doubts about it. I have an athletic body. I'm very healthy, but I'm not small. We have joint finances, and I noticed an unusual purchase. My husband had bought expensive lingerie arriving today. I looked into it. On one hand, it's too small for me and built for a petite, skinny woman with no muscles. And I've never worn lingerie. I don't even know if I'd be confident in lingerie. And he knows my size. He's bought clothes for me before, including underwear, and has never been wrong. So this is clearly the wrong size, way too small for me. The brand has undercarriage waist and hip sizes. My husband is handsome and has women throwing themselves at him. I have no doubt that if he wanted to, he could easily get an affair partner. On the other hand, it could be conceivably be an insanely tight fit for me, and he's shipping it to our home address instead of his office. He didn't have anything incriminating on his phone, but we share phones, so it could mean nothing. Would I be the asshole for confronting him about the lingerie? I don't want my husband to feel I don't trust him, but I don't have any other explanations. That's when you catch him off guard with one of those. Ooh, did you buy? Who'd you buy? Did you buy? You know, like you know, you would like if I did something like that, I could see your response would be like, "Well, these definitely are not going to fit me. So who'd you buy these for? Huh? Come on, tell me who'd you buy them for? Wasn't me. Who'd you buy them for? You know, but, but not like angry. Right, just kind of like messing with. Yeah, you. that's what I'm yeah. saying. Edit. I am not going to be home when the package arrives. I don't open packages anyway. It's way too full, small to fit my husband. I know a few women it could fit. I don't usually go through credit card transactions. If I hadn't looked at them to cancel a subscription, I wouldn't have noticed the pricey credit card charge to a lingerie store. Huh? Our children are young. If they stole the credit card, my husband would have immediately noticed and shut it down. It's entirely inappropriate for children. Second edit. I have never worn lingerie in my life. He's never bought me lingerie before. It's very frilly and cute, not something that would suit me even if it fit. He's a perfectionist and never bought me the wrong size in clothes. If it was mistaken sizing, he would have called weeks ago when it was ordered. The lingerie has actual measurements and my husband knows my measurements. I think he might be stepping out. Oh, I think so too. But how dumb is this guy to have this thing shipped to his... I wonder if maybe just he, he just put the address in there just not thinking about it. Probably out of habit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm... This, he's cheating on her. He's cheating on her. But see, that's when you got to get to the root of the problem. What is it about her that's forcing him to cheat? Because that's where the root of the problem is. Mm-hmm. She's given him a reason to cheat. 
So when I put the uh, the sleeping bag out on the front porch for you to sleep in, would you like a pillow to go with it? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, he I, he's 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 cheating on her and. I think maybe and without... And he's a dumbass with it. He's a dumbass. I think maybe without being super confrontational about it, maybe she just, like you said, just, oh, who are these for? These are awful cute. Right? Just, like, you know. Or maybe give it a week after it's delivered. You know, maybe does he surprise her with them? If he doesn't say anything about it after a week and you haven't seen the package and, you know... Maybe then you go to him and say, hey, I noticed a charge on the card. Right. Maybe No, that's that. when she's like, honey, um, just letting you know, I'm going to call the credit card company because I'm going to dispute a charge on here because I know I didn't buy any, go to the lingerie store and buy anything. Somebody must have stolen our card. And I can have them, and, and with the way things are today, you know, if I report it to the police that it was something else, then, you know, everybody has cameras. So we'll really catch the motherfucker that used our car to buy lingerie for his whore. <laughs> when you know something like that, oh, you got to dig in. Just a little bit. You got to get it. You got to get some licks in on that. <laughs> You've got to. You can't waste a golden opportunity like that. No, you really can't. <laughs> because based on his reaction, is gonna that's going to dictate how you act after that. Yeah. He starts acting a little cagey, then you're like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. That was you, wasn't it, motherfucker? Come here. Am I the asshole for making my daughter quit gymnastics because of pedophiles? Oh. Oh. That's a good one. Maybe not quit gymna- gymnastics, maybe take her to a different place. You know, there's other places to go. There are. All right, go ahead. It feels like I'm in crazy town because my daughter is throwing a tantrum and my wife is losing her shit. But I am not going to pay for lessons that I always thought were a bad idea when I have been proven right. The New York Times has released an investigative journalism piece today about exactly how these parent-run Instagram accounts of young kids make money, and I am 100% disgusted. My wife has been running an account for my daughter and her gymnastics for the past two years or so. I was initially opposed because of pedophiles, but I was assured that time and time again that it was necessary for her future career. I have now been proven right, and I want my wife to shut down the account, and I am refusing to pay for further gymnastics lessons. My wife is upset because she likes the attention from running the account and from having a daughter that is mildly well-known in our region for being good at gymnastics. My daughter is upset because she loves gymnastics, and that's where all her friends are, and because she thinks she has what it takes to make it as a professional gymnast or becoming a gymnastics influencer. Right. I feel like this is an appropriate hill to die on. I do not want my family's safety compromised, and I have always felt uncomfortable with how revealing the costumes are and how the entire culture around adults obsessing over children's bodies. But the house is in chaos, and I want sanity. Am I the asshole? (coughs) 
Nah. Edit. By unpopular, talking about the account, I mean thousands of followers, not tens of thousands like some of her friends. My wife pulls in about $300 a month from the account, which is not counting the free stuff. But it isn't free. She has to post photos of our daughter in the donated clothes from sponsors. Edit number two. I have offered my wife compromises in the past. She can delete the account or she can make the account private. And under either of those circumstances, our daughter can continue gymnastics as long as no one from her group posts her either. She's laughed those down each time and gaslit me and called me crazy. Now there is nothing but the nuclear option since my wife refuses to stop the account as long as my daughter is pursuing a career in gymnastics. So, no career in gymnastics. Mm. Okay, so... I don't know how I feel about that one. I think he's insane. I think he is overblowing a problem that is not a problem because he has an issue. Yeah. Having said that, knowing that he has an issue, the wife is laughing at him and telling him that his concerns don't matter. And that's not okay either. Right. He has legitimate concerns. See, again, there's legitimate concerns and what's fucking it all up. Come on. You know the word. Come on. Come on. You can say it. Come on. Here, come here. All right, come real close. You can say it. <laughs> come on. Oh, you can say it. I don't even have to lead you into it anymore. You already know what I'm going to say. Yeah, shut up. Anyway, so I think. <laughs> I, I love all women. I think this is something that can be overcome, but not while they're standing in their respective corners, both of them refusing to move. 100%. I think the wife enjoys running the account, which there's nothing wrong with running an account like that. There's plenty of accounts out there. It's not one of those where she's got a million followers, so there's a million eyes on her, on his daughter, you know. Yep. But I do think his concerns are valid. And I can understand why he wouldn't want to put his daughter out there in front of people who might be looking at her in an inappropriate way. I get it. Yeah. I don't know the solution to this one. I don't either. I really, I mean, because they both want different things out of this. And that's not something. Wildly different. Now, I think, I think it is important that the daughter continue gymnastics, regardless to what they figure out. This is something that's important to her, and I think she needs to continue gymnastics. But I think while they're trying to figure it out, honestly, I think mom needs to give in and shut the account down, at least while they're trying to figure this out. Yeah. I can agree with that. See, I do think you say good things sometimes. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen very often, but it happens all the time sometimes. <laughs> Hang on, let's see. But I, but honestly, I think his concerns are overblown, but I understand why he has them. Yeah, I get it. Uh, all right, last one. All right, hang on. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Come on, come on. Come on. You should have had these already picked out and ready. Come on. Am I the asshole? For hiding my wealth from my fiancé and his family. 
I think we've done that one before, haven't we? We haven't. We have not done this one. We've done one that was something like that before. Maybe, but it wasn't this one. Huh. My fiance, 28 male, is a doctor. And I am also 28 female. I work in finance. Both earn almost equal pay. Okay. We've been together for a year and a half, got engaged a month ago, and we're planning on having a wedding in seven months. His family is full of doctors. While my dad owns a business, my mom is a stay-at-home wife, and my brother, along with his wife, are high school teachers. My parents still live in a small townhouse where my, uh, my grandfather bought since the two of them grew up there, fell in love, had us, plus all their friends live there. It's basically an emotional attachment. I never try to hide my wealth. It's just that I don't show it off. For example, I prefer traveling by public transport, transport because traffic and parking while he drives a Range Rover. I have a Samsung, which he makes fun of me for have for not owning an iPhone. I prefer not spending thousands of dollars on a dress that I'm only going to wear once. I also enjoy eating fast food rather than going to Michelin star restaurants. I admit I never told him how much my dad earns, as I just felt it was unnecessary. Anyways, I think him and his family assumed my family doesn't have much money or something. After getting engaged, we went to his parents' house for dinner where they asked me what I plan to do in the future. I replied that I'm planning to quit my job after the wedding and work for my dad. They kind of got confused, mad or weird, saying, why would I quit such a high-paying job? And that if I'm planning to push all the financial burdens on their son, they wanted me to sign a prenup. So I agreed. A couple of weeks ago, we started planning our wedding. In my culture, I'm Indian, he is white. We have a big weddings, and that's the only place we show off our wealth. My parents were discussing how they want to invite over 250 people from our side since I'll be taking over the business and it's networking, and how they want to have two weddings, which is an Indian wedding and a white wedding. Now, Indian weddings have a lot of functions. They span three to four days, all of which would preferably host it at five-star hotels, or if we follow my dad, he wants to run a castle. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> His parents demanded that if we want to have an expensive wedding, that we will be the ones paying, which my dad agreed, saying he was going to pay for everything, even if they didn't ask. As the wedding planning proceeded, my family and his my fiance and his family realized we're spending way more than what they can afford. I realized, I guess, when it struck them that my dad's business isn't really as small as they expected it to be. They did a Google search and found his company online and his net turnover every year, which is on the website. Anyway... Now his family is mad at me, saying, why did I hide the fact that I'm rich? I'm pretty sure they want to cancel the prenup, which I'm not going to do that since it was their idea. Right. Well, his mom is basically harassing me, saying I misled their family and that I'm an asshole for trying to hide my wealth for so long. So am I? Not hiding it, just not flaunting it. There's a difference. Well, and number one, it is the mother, mother-in-law, none, none of, her of their damn, damn business. business. It is none of her business. 100%. <laughs> And I have a feeling that if they're getting so pissy about this now, they're going to be a problem when she does inherit all this money from her dad. They're they're going to be asking for money. Yeah. They thought she was a gold digger, and now look at them. They're 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 gold digging. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Edit. My fiance had a basic idea of my family's wealth. He knows about my dad's business. The in-laws did not. He agreed to the prenup when his mom brought it up first. We had a talk about it and came to the conclusion it would be good for both. Yes, he agreed to it despite knowing that my family is wealthier. He is not on his mother's side. They're not that, not really that close. I guess that's the reason he never told his family about my family's finances. He did talk to her and has been defending me. 
It's just the constant remarks from her made me feel a little guilty, wondering if I did something wrong. I just wish to have a good relationship with my in-laws, but she's making it impossible. P.S. I know my dad's wealth isn't mine. That's the reason I don't spend much. And as I said, I'm planning to quit my job and take over his business. Hence, the mother-in-law sees his assets as mine. I would not trust that mother-in-law as far as I can throw her. There's I agree with that. <laughs> She's going to be asking for money your whole damn marriage. It's a good thing you didn't marry me for my money because joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've always made more money than me up until two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago, yeah, that flip-flopped. Yep. That's okay. I kind of like being the breadwinner. No, I mean, well, you know what I mean. Like the, you know. You need to double your breadwinner so I ain't got to go cook any more bread. (laughs) I know. I do need to double the (laughs) breadwinner. Because that's the whole point is to have you you retired by the time you hit 50. That's my goal is to be making enough money. two years. I know. No, three years. How old will I be this year? 47. Oh, okay. I thought I'd be 48 this year. So fucking old. I forgot what year, how old I was. Well, you know what's so funny? We were talking about ages the other day, and I'm not one of those women. Like, I don't care if people know how old I am. I'm going to be 44 this year. It's fine. You know, like, I don't care. You're going to be how old? 44. Exactly. I know. Let's You're going to trade me in for a younger model. But No, um, I can keep you to your 45. Okay. All right. We're good. So I've got you for another year. All right. But I'll be 44 no, this see, year, and I don't, I don't really I'll care. I'll be 48 this year. This is 2024. Oh, yeah, you're Minus four years 1976. older than me. Yeah. <laughs> You are going to be 48 this year. <laughs> but that's what I was going to say. I'm, I've never tried to hide my age. But when I turned 40, it's like my brain shut off and stopped counting. Because, I, like, I was 42. A couple years ago when I was 42, somebody asked me how old I was, and I was like, fuck, I don't know. Hang on. I guess I'm 42. Like, I had to do the math to figure out how old I was. Because I couldn't remember. Once I hit 40, it's like, that was it. Yours is easy. It's whatever year it is, plus 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was born, on a, I was born on, a, on, a, on a zero year. Yep. Or all the other zero babies were born that year. That's right. <laughs> and every freaking white girl the year I was born was <laughs> named my name. Yeah. <laughs> was named the same damn thing. First and, first and middle. <laughs> I have got the most basic white girl name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. This is like the guy I met at work the other day, delivered to the company he worked at, and his last name was Doe. And I was really upset that his parents didn't name him John. They should have. It's like, how can you have the last name of Doe and not have a boy? <coughs> if you have kids, the boy would have to be named Joe, uh, John. Mm-hmm. And the girl would have to be named Jane. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the only that's the only right way to do it. It's a very popular name, you know, John Doe. Speaking of popular, you know, because like I tell you, like all the time, like when I'm uh, wandering, when I'm driving, my mind wanders. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the other day I was look driving, and I was looking at other eighteen wheelers, right? Mm-hmm. And the different colors they are. And I noticed that in 18-wheelers for the tractor, by far, 
the most common color is white. Okay. Can I guess what the next one is? It was real. Well, I, I wouldn't count them, but I was just like, okay, that one's white. That one's white. That one's white. Okay, there's a green. There's a brown. There's a blue. There's a red. There's a green. There's a blue. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What, what would you think would be the second most popular color? Red. Yeah. I would think white would be the most popular and then red would be the, the next most popular. But. In like regular four-wheel vehicles, mm-hmm. white is not the most common color that I see. Wouldn't it be silver or gray? You see a lot of variations of gray. You see a lot of black. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of like a bluish color. But you don't see a whole lot of white vehicles. You really don't. And I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, it's weird that so many 18-wheeler tractors, there's so many more of them that are white. But it's like almost completely opposite for regular passenger vehicles. Well, I can tell you, working at the rental car company, the bulk of our fleet is going to be either gray or silver. Yeah. It's just a very basic color. And when I went to pick the kids up at, at school the other day, because, um, you know, they're not used to me picking them up at school because they normally ride the bus. So they were looking for my car, and Parker couldn't find it. He's like, I, your car looks like every other car out here. I didn't know which one was yours. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it kind of does. Well, we walked up to one one, one day, and we're like, wait, that's got the wrong license plate. Oh, we're, we're parked on the other row. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've just got like a gray Explorer. Like, it's it's basic. Yeah. Like basic a, car, but a basic bitch. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was something neat that my mind just wandered yeah, around and was thinking about. And so, and then ever since I realized that, I've catched myself white, 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 <laughs> red, blue, white. Oh, imagine that. Three most popular colors are red, white, and blue. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Then that's when I started paying attention to the passenger vehicles. I'm like, damn, hardly any of those are white. That's weird. You know, speaking of the uh, car colors in the rental car company, um, I have people who come up there and they'll ask, you know, they'll rent a car and I'll hand them the keys and they'll be like, well, what color is this? And I'll tell them what color it is. Nine times out of ten, if it's red, they won't take it. Yeah. Because there, there's a, there's a perception that a red car is going to get stopped. But statistically speaking, red cars are not stopped any more often than any other car. No. You just think they are. I mean, I have so many people that are just like, yeah, I'm not driving a red car. Okay, let me find you a different one. <laughs> let me give you the silver one. Just make sure you turn the freaking lights on when it's dusk. Right. You can't, you can't see silver and gray cars at dusk when they don't have their lights on. You just can't see them. They just blend in with the road. Sucks. Anyway. You about ready to call it? I am. We got off on our few little soapboxes and did our thing. So, <laughs> Thank you for lasting this long. Uh, you can reach me on the socials. Um, oh, P.S. Uh, talking about the house. Hoping, hoping that we do get in the house. I know I told you this earlier, but I want to tell the podcast too. Um, if this works out, and if I get to decorate another house, I am not going to decorate this house as though I am a basic bitch. 
Right. I am not going to Kirkland's to find the decorations for this place. I'm going to decorate this thing in a way that makes me happy. Which means I'll be going to the head shop to get some black light posters and a velvet Elvis to hang up in the living room. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking forward to what I'm going to be able to get to do in that basement room. Oh, so much fun. I'm going to love it. It's going to be so much fun. And I noticed that all the walls in there are, gonna, are there, I think the ceiling's too short for me to use my shelves. <laughs> it is. We're going to put the shelves probably in the living room. Yeah. But we can we can put other stuff on the shelves. Yeah. Like you're, because all of that stuff that you have on these shelves now, it might fit on those built-ins, but it might not. Like they're, they're maybe too much stuff. I don't know if it'll all stuff. fit. Right. So you can put the Lego stuff downstairs and put the pops in the living room with me. Because, like I said, I want to decorate this place in a way that makes us happy. I want to have the rest of the walls covered in my comic books. Yeah. I do not want you walking into my house. You don't know me. And you walk into my house. I don't want you going, oh, this house is really lovely. You've done such a wonderful job. I want you to walk in and go, holy shit, this place looks cool. Like, what the fuck? Like, what have you done with... Why are there... Why is there just stuff on the walls? Yeah, everywhere. Because this is what makes me happy. And we're definitely repainting the cabinets in the kitchen because those things are hideous. Yeah. Dark, they're that dark wood. They're just, they're ugly. Ugly, ugly. I don't know if I want to paint them white, though. We may have to compromise on that. Yeah, we'll just compromise and paint them white. Maybe like white with accents. And it can't be like stark white. It's going to have to be like So that means white. we got to get like a, like an ESL person to paint them because they'll have an accent when they, when they paint, no. when they talk. No. Oh. That's racist. I thought it meant you were going to like hire some day laborers or something. Mm-mm. No, I'm not going to do that. They would have accents. <laughs> Their English not too good. You should be not too much good. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm just saying. It's racist. It's not racist. I'll pop you in the head right now. Nobody wants to hear this. This is the tail end of the podcast. <laughs> Nobody is still listening. They're like, golly, shut up. <laughs> Sorry, we'll end it. Bye. No. <laughs> Catch us next week, and we love you. Bye.